Why is all this recording equipment in our bedroom? Because it won't fit in the bathroom. Do I want to know why you're doing a podcast from our bathroom? Where's the Listerine? In the medicine cabinet. I would have brought it to the studio. How can I tell a story about Listerine and the deceptions of modern-day advertising without the proper artistic setting? I, I, need, I need to feel the bad breath germs. I need to smell the Listerine. I'm calling Dr. Friston. Why? That was the deal. I'm fine. I, I'm just creating. Ah, the creative gift is so misunderstood. From Hollywood, it's out of my mind. I'm Jay Douglas. And in episode 32... A look at my wife's secret Listerine ritual. Over here, this is the cabinet where we keep the Listerine. Every morning, my wife opens this door and checks the level in the bottle. I do not. I could walk out of the house wearing nothing but a pair of shoes and a, and a bolo tie, as long as I didn't contribute to a halitosis epidemic that could be traced back to our address. I don't blame my wife. She and millions of other Americans are victims of Gerard Barnes Lambert, who took Listerine a product with limited appeal, and turned it into a cure for a disease that didn't exist. St. Louis, Missouri. And in his laboratory, chemist Joseph Lawrence has just invented Listerine. However, he doesn't quite know why he invented it. He thinks of three possibilities, none of which would make the life easy for someone selling the product. Morning, ma'am. Would you like to buy an antiseptic? No, Anyone missing work because of gonorrhea? Makes a mighty fine floor polish. In 1881, Lawrence turned Listerine over to Gerald Lambert's father, J.W. Lambert, who promoted Listerine as an antiseptic for use in operating rooms. When J.W. died ten years later, Gerald took over the marketing. Now, here's where things get a bit sketchy. Somewhere in the early 1900s, Gerald Lambert was inspired to pick up a medical dictionary... And, while he was thumbing through it, he came across the word halitosis. Where you or I might see some complicated medical gobbledygook, Lambert saw a financially successful gobbledygook. Through the 1920s, he ran ads anointing Listerine as the cure for an impending epidemic whose potential for disaster wouldn't be rivaled until the 1962 Mets. The world was saved. Two things didn't smell right about that story. First of all, my wife is a smart, grounded woman. How she... Are you about done in there? Almost. How she could be so easily manipulated by another man, especially one who's been dead for 60 years, that bothered me. And I guess I was a little jealous that during my 20 years in advertising, I'd never invented an epidemic. So I called my former professor, Marita Sturkin, an advertising expert, and asked her how this could have happened. It turned out that at the beginning of the 20th century, as people moved from farms to the cities, all those new city dwellers wanted to be more like the farmers they left behind. Yes, that's what I thought. But Marita wouldn't make this up. The city dwellers wanted to be in good health and great physical shape. Unfortunately, this was a time before gym memberships and Jane Fonda workout videos, so these city folk had to find some other sacrifice to make to improve their health. And there was no shortage of Madison Avenue madmen coming to their rescue. As Marita told me, Soda drinks were marketed as health tonics. Lifebuoy soap touted itself as your defense against body odor. It was part of what Marita called therapeutic ethos, the idea that self-fulfillment meant being concerned about your body. Lambert was good, but he was also in the right place at the right time. I mean, bad breath dated back to 1550 B.C. The idea wasn't new. 
Lambert just made it timely. People wanted to feel accepted in their new, rapidly changing world. Halitosis wasn't unimportant anymore. Lambert probably could have gotten away with advertising Listerine as a floor wax if floor wax made you sexually desirable. The idea that Lambert single-handedly created an epidemic in order to sell Listerine, that it turns out is, like Listerine itself, hard to swallow. And that's the story I call Taking Your Breath Away. My thanks to my wife, who's been waiting patiently outside the bathroom door, and also to Marita Sturkin, professor at New York University, for smothering my jealousy with the truth about Lambert's luck. I'll have another little-known story about well-known stuff next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern. That'll be our time to chat. I'm Jay Douglas. Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a copyrighted production of the Theater of Your Mind Incorporated, Hollywood, California.